Hello everyone and welcome to the EVN Disrupt podcast. My name is Nizhdet Zatrgyan. I'm the editor of the creative tech section here at EVN Report. My guest today was Stepan Aslanyan. Stepan is the co-founder and CEO of Hexact, a business intelligence platform based here in Armenia. We spoke about the problems that they are working to solve and the importance of business intelligence in improving the productivity of economies. Stepan, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me here. I'm Stepan Aslanyan and ready to answer yeah, your questions. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Stepan, let's start with a little bit of your background. Uh, how'd you get started in the, how'd you get your career started and what got you interested in startups? It's a little bit complicated because uh, my, my, my real profession is medical doctor. And, uh, You're a doctor? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Physician. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what specialty? Uh, pediatrics, nice. then public health, okay. second uh, education. But but uh, at the end of medical uh, university, I realized that I'm more business person than than a doctor, and started uh, changing my career. Had some small experiences in marketing. Yeah, it was let's say my first and last work that I was just an employee. It must be really hard to invest so much time in something as demanding as medicine and study for six, seven, eight years and then decide one day that you're going to make a big uh, drastic change. In Armenia, I feel like, not just in Armenia, but especially maybe in Armenia, I often, when speaking with young people, I get a sense that people have a really hard time, uh, you know, grasping sort of the sunk cost fallacy um, and they have a hard time changing courses even if they think it's the right thing to do just because they've spent so much time on one thing how'd you make that decision what was that like uh, i just made that decision when i decided that i just like another one that this right. one at the same time i liked medicine that's why i finished the university right. a, a lot of people are asking why i finished so i wanted to finish i wanted to right. finish that course to have that knowledge because I am still sometimes using it. Yeah, f- for me it was okay, let's say. But whenever I decided that it's not mine, I started to work on different directions. Yeah. And it was beginning of 2000s, like the dot com, right. uh, I don't know, boom, right. revolution, uh, and think many things happened. And uh, I decided to open an e commerce site in Armenia, it was 2003, Yeah, one of the biggest <laughs> mistakes in my life. And yeah, for sure, during after a few months, I decided that it was the stupidest idea <laughs> in the world. <laughs> what were you selling? I was amazed uh, by Amazon, Okay, and I was doing a copy of Amazon, ah, okay. and I'm like everything. Got it. it. It was like like everything. What was it called? Nothing. <laughs> it called Karpak.am. Okay. Yeah. So how how long did that last? Few months. But during that process I just realized that making websites is many, many times easier that everybody think about this. Right. And I just started to sell websites and developers who did our websites started to do for customers mm-hmm. the same. And then smart systems created our first company. We did about ten years. Outsourcing, custom web software, yeah, web development, everything, design, marketing, whatever we could sell. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's purely business focused. Yeah. So when did you wrap up that company? 
uh, I think it was 2011. I, I closed that company in 11 or 12. In the middle, I was managing other companies, don't have any relations to IT. And then I realized that I'm going back to e-commerce and I joined uh, joined a menu group team uh-huh. uh, as a co-founder. Then I went to Georgia for about four years. Right. Yeah, then came back. So you were part of the founding team of menu group, which yeah, does menu yeah, AM. Yeah, menu AM, menu G, menu BY. Yeah. yeah. I, I was particularly managing after a year Georgian uh, operations. Yeah. Uh, and uh, at 2018, I exited the company, uh, came back to Armenia, and found it exact right. at the beginning of 19. Right. That's interesting. So you've really seen the evolution of the Armenian tech ecosystem from the early, early yeah, days. From the dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then you were part of one of the, what what became one of the uh, bigger players in the Armenian tech ecosystem with the menu group. And now you're back at the, doing a, a startup. What are some interesting things you've observed over over the two decades and now that you've So at the, the beginning space? when we were doing the smart systems, yeah. I didn't even hear about the name like startup. Right. There wasn't a term startup. We were right. just building websites. Right. It wasn't That's product oriented. It, it was just was, service. Yeah, it was just service. Right. Like, I don't know, printing business cards, something like this. Uh, I think this startup uh, hype started here last probably 10 years or something. Before, before it was just doing something. Right. Uh, what will someone pay me <laughs> for? <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, many things happened during that smart systems period. We had many different, we called it projects, now it called startup. Right. Like we did Jobaya, we did many, many other projects. We s- closed one of them, shut down another one, like gave to somebody, sold. Yeah. Yeah. More than 10 projects. We I called see. it project. But right. Right, <laughs> they were products. Now yeah, it means like startup. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an interesting. It's it's interesting how the Armenian startup ecosystem or the tech ecosystem, I should say, evolved from really a service-based plus uh, foreign companies having some branches here, like Synopsis and stuff, into really a product-oriented ecosystem where people are really building their own products for the the global market. And that's what you guys are doing today with Hexact. So tell us a little bit about how the idea for Hexact came about and what problem you guys are solving. Most of developers don't like these (laughs) (laughs) insights, but uh, my my problem during this whole period was always that there are many technologies. I'm not a developer and I never coded, but but I always was in the technology and I always saw that there are a lot of things that can be automated. But you need a small assistance of a technical person, a little bit developer, a little bit a person who is aware of tech. And it was always a problem for me to find a person because probably he have to spend an hour on this, but you can spend weeks on finding this person. Right. Even hiring on Upwork, you have to wait. He has yeah. another project. He's, he's not available today, tomorrow, but it takes an hour from him, finally. When, when you realize right. what, what it really matters. And it was always a problem for me. Then we were thinking about this, and this is how Hexact burn. 
So the idea of Exact is bringing all these existing, let's say, high technologies and a little bit advanced technologies that are available to any even middle developer or middle knowledge owner, yeah. but not available for me, let's say, or right. other businesses or other uh, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, just persons. Right. Uh, and we started to create, let's say, interfaces for them to use that technologies. Uh, now we have about uh, up to 100 full complete workflows that you can automate using our platforms without any coding skills, no code, no technical skills, nothing required. And you don't require any other account having on Amazon Cloud, AI, right. other systems, etc. But in behind, we are using all these cloud technologies existing, AIs and things like that, that are sound so fancy, but they're right. not so fancy. <laughs> right. In reality, they're much simpler than yeah, most people. Simple. Yeah. So what are some of these workflows that you guys are automating? Uh, automating business processes, starting from monitoring any data in the web, scraping, uh, moving some data from one platform to another platform, connecting different, let's say you want to connect to your websites or one software with another website, updating, let's say, prices or I don't know, updating the content or automatically translating the data or you want, let's say, automatically uh, scan your websites for grammar hmm. uh, mistakes and you want to perform it regularly, automatically. There are platforms for this, but right. again, you need somebody to tweak some right. settings and do it for you. In this case, you just put the URL and run right. the system. Yeah, these kind of things translating, converting files or formats from one to another, sending to another systems, I don't know, this kind, a anything that related to data, data transformation, data uh, movement, uh, I don't know, calculations, converting, etc. Are you guys using just a lot of like public APIs for that stuff? Or have sure. you built well, we are using mainly not public premium APIs from uh, mainly from Google and Amazon right. clouds. All of them are paid for sure. We're like, we, we call sometimes us as the OS of existing APIs mm -hmm. or uh, cloud. Like a collection of, yeah, of yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like this. But uh, to be more uh, understandable in the market, we just have four different names of products that each of them have some niche. Yeah and uh, is more understandable for customer. Let, let me uh, like explain uh, uh, an example, like we have ExoWatch. It's a monitoring platform. What it does, let's say you are uh, in e-commerce mm -hmm. and you, you have some competitors and you are dependent on their prices or some currency exchange prices or some, I don't know, different currencies and suppliers, so you have to update, refresh every day, spend like an hour to refresh and see how the prices are changing compared to something, some triggers, some percentages, etc. So using HexoWatch, you just put the URLs, select the areas of the page that you want to monitor, put the intensity, yeah. that's it. And you get the email with the summary of all changes that happen. Right. It's just one of the simple solutions. Uh, another one, for example, is HexoSpark. This is email automation platform. Uh, let's say you have uh, you, you are sending periodically emails from your own Gmail account, but you want to automate some follow-ups. You want to uh, to scale some emails. You have to send 
25 emails, let's say, and you, you have to do it manually every week. In this case, you just copy paste, put the template, right. and it goes from right. your email, let's say. Right. Uh, these kind of simple solutions that are used a lot. I'm curious about, from a data, a business data perspective, what tools you guys offer um, companies. So, you know, let's say companies have you know some sort of structured data about their operations. Um, like maybe it's inventory or things like that. Do you guys have BI tools, business intelligence tools that help them make sense of that data or use that data in a more efficient way? Or uh, at, at this moment, we do not have any like such an analytical okay. uh, solutions. We more deal opposite with not structured data. We make them structured. Right. Right. Let's ahead. say, for example, you have a competitor with a website and you want to get the spreadsheet of your competitor's price list every day with updated prices. Right. So you can structure it using our tools, like scrape, sort, put on the spreadsheet, and send to your Slack channel like every day at 10 o'clock. Right, got it. For example. Yeah. What's the bigger vision for Hexact? What's the problem or the set of problems the that bigger, you guys are really yeah, The, the bigger vision and the bigger problem that we are focusing on is that uh, people like uh, knowledge workers in today's world uh, spend about 30% of their work time on repetitive tasks yeah. uh, related to copy-pasting, opening, closing files, different applications, like moving data from yeah. one to another. And these kind of things are like it's possible to automate almost all of them. Right. And all big enterprises already have this. Yeah, and if you are a small and medium business, you do not have access to these enterprise solutions, or uh, to high, highly paid developers that can right. develop this for you. So uh, sometimes with with my partners, we speak about bringing like tools of titans to to the to the people to the small yeah, and medium yeah, medium yeah, sized yeah, enterprises. Yeah, That's yeah. fascinating. Uh, finally, uh, we give solutions that you can compete more uh, effectively and anyways compete yeah. with, with big guys right how do you guys go about um finding those workflows that should be automated in those industries because if you're not a worker in that space then it would probably be harder to, to identify those uh, procedures how do you guys go about finding them so we started from from a small one that we know for sure that it happens we just put it in the market got some users yeah. collected feedback and started to understand market more this what was the it, first yeah. one the first one was Hexometer. It was our first product that uh, was just simple website monitoring, yeah. but uh, a, li a little bit complicated than uh, others existing in the market because, let's say, it's very normal to have monitoring the uptime of the website or the speed of your website, yeah. but we added uh, spell check, grammar check, mm -hmm. we added how your images are opening right. on the pages, etc. which I saw from my all previous jobs that you have an operator, they, they upload images, sometimes right. they don't upload, they miss something, they do right. some typos. So yeah, it was like more comprehensive monitoring. Mm -hmm. And then we, when we started to offer this to the market, we got like a lot of feedback and started to understand more yeah. that let's say you monitored and you see that there's a typo. Uh -huh. What's the next step? You can uh, fix it, fix it yeah. yeah. So do, you can automate the fixing, or you can right. automate the messaging. The suggestion. Yes, yeah, send this page to the appropriate person who right. will fix it. You can automate this process right. as well, etc. Right. And right. it started. 
So by automating one procedure, you yeah. saw the things that could get automated from there. Yeah, that's interesting. I think recently you guys announced that you've passed the 100,000 yeah. uh, user mark. Tell me a little bit about how, what was your go-to-market strategy and how you grew the user base to 100,000. Uh, so we launched uh, first time our product. It was middle of 19. 2019. So right, right after a few months when we found it. We put it on Product Hunt, Armenian Eurovision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for those who yeah, don't know, Armenian yeah, startups yeah, do very well on Product Hunt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We get some users, then we understood that uh, it, it's not the way that we can generate something. Then we, we pivoted again, after a few months put it with different name again on Product Hunt, then get some more users, then did some promos, deals, like Reddit posting, it's uh, like many, many yeah. uh, gray type of uh, things we, we tested at the beginning. We just started to get users uh, mostly organically at the beginning. Yeah. yeah, now even also sometimes we get like ex exposure of traffic. Okay. For sure we use SEO, some influencers, affiliate, ma everything. Yeah. Like engineering, marketing works pretty well. It's it's very interesting approach that we use. Is your business B two B or or can people go online and just purchase? Uh, it a is B two C two B. Okay. Uh, because uh, any of our services are used for business. Our user is a person, right? Not an enterprise. We have already some enterprise customers, right? But our user is a person who is using for business or as an employee or as for his own business, uh, anyways, for business. We don't have anything for personal use, except few cases that happened during COVID. Uh, we had some cases when just a person was monitoring the day when the vaccination will start in his city. Okay. He was just scrapping right. like websites whenever Right. You can find right. <laughs> information about vaccine, but it was like ex personal yeah. project type of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, uh, all all, all uh, automations and all uh, services that we provide are exclusively for business. Mm -hmm. But again, our user is a person. Given that model, uh, if you're giving advice to a startup that has a, a similar type of product in terms of the category that they're in, um, you think just sort of things like product hunt and reddit posts and things like that are the best way to get your first let's say thousand customers uh not thousand customers but uh, at least a couple hundred of users i would recommend to do more experiments and uh, launch as fast as possible yeah uh, also this freemium uh, type of uh, products is is uh, is working pretty well when you offer something for free mm -hmm. and if they want to scale then they have to start paying right so this way you get more feedback from real users another most important thing that i recommend always that you have to put paid version from the beginning mm -hmm. uh, because if you are all free and one day decide go paid it doesn't look good uh, <laughs> In most cases, it is not happening. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why you have always put like something free, but something paid, even cheap, no matter how much is it. Just to but show that yeah, you have but a paid option. To show that uh, user have to commit paying something because right. if he doesn't commit paying anything, 
uh, and even he can use it for years. And when you say from today you have to pay one dollar, it can turn that nobody will pay you. Yeah. And I have that kind of uh, examples too many during these twenty years. Yeah. Too many times. Yeah. Like Facebook today would it would be very difficult for them to start a four ninety nine a month sure. subscription sure. feature for sure. their accounts or something. Yeah. That's definitely true. I'm curious, you said the first few hundred from, you know, the kind of just like scrapping by on product hunt and places like that. How do you make that scalable, uh, that user acquisition? We did several, uh, it, it is called LTD, lifetime promos. Okay. During, uh, we're still doing it and there are some other companies that are afraid of this, but I'm very recommending trying these uh, campaigns as well. We're, we're selling lifetime out. accounts yeah. right. for a really short period of time. What we get from this, it, it is very interesting because, yes, this person pays once, uh, but he feels himself part of the right. product because the, the message is following. Like, it's a better version, so we're selling limited number of paid accounts to the people who right. want to contribute. Right. And as a reward for this, they get lifetime access to the right. premium features. Right. The reward that he gets is understandable. Uh -huh. If you succeed, they get like premium features. What you get on your side, you get a real feedback from a real user who really paid something that it, this something is not one dollar. It yeah. can be a hundred dollars. It can be two hundred dollars. It's it's also important that it ha have to be something more than fifty or hundred. Yeah. Uh, but probably in in the future you will sell it fifty per month. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. Right. But you get real feedback from a real person who really interested in having this product, who really paid something. Yeah. And. He's starting to give you feedback, testing his particular use case yeah. and workflow, wh whatever your product is. From other side, he is interested for you to succeed. Mm -hmm. This is a very important thing. Like you are getting ambassadors right. in the web. Right. And whoever says something bad about you, yeah. he's your advocate. Yeah, because, because he's interested when you succeed. Because if you succeed... He has a premium product forever. If you not succeed, like he he is losing his investment. Right, right. And, and I I feel very very good. Uh, there are very good vibes there, and we're we're using this for any of our new updates or plugins that we deploy in the web. Always, right. right. Like first period, we always do this kind of thing, getting hundreds of such customers. Yeah who become, some of them become even friends. Yeah, like, yeah, really you get a real uh, feedback. Feedback, because I, I'm always saying that free users' feedback is, is nothing. Right. I, I don't even read They're it. not invested in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because when, when you show, like, let's say I'm showing you a software, you are the best person in the world, you don't have any idea what is it, and you can give, still, you can give some feedback. Does it worth anything? I don't right. think so. Right, yeah. Even if you are the most clever person in the world, in the universe, it's not your use case. Yeah. yeah you, you can say, like, I don't yeah. like the color. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. It doesn't tell you much. It, yeah. yeah, it doesn't tell me anything. Yeah. How do you guys go about collecting that feedback? Uh, email, Just customer support, chat. 
feedback like buttons guys, on the yeah, but, but do you guys like actively seek it out or sure sure, just, sure, yeah. sure 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 yeah sure, sure. and that plays into your product sure emailing questioning we offer 24 7 customer support so when a, when when your customer knows that you have 24 7 customer support and there's no any limitations right the information comes right. by itself. Right. Yes, also we put like these feedback buttons everywhere. Mm, sure, standard Yeah, stuff. it is like, yeah, yeah. There, are, there are many best practices for this. And the feedback plays an important role in your product development, I guess. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Let's talk a little bit about business intelligence and sort of workflow automation in general. So this is something that I would say over like the last five, seven years um, has become really, really prominent in the North American market, especially. A lot of workflow is being more and more automated and it's becoming a growing industry. And in Armenia, I feel like it's kind of missing a little bit still. Um, there's a lot of data scientists in Armenia. There's even a lot of business intelligence people and stuff, but they typically work for companies that do their business intelligence outsourcing to Armenia. So they're working for foreign companies, really. And one of the criticisms of Armenia's tech sector is that the tech sector doesn't have a big imp economic impact in terms of impact on the country's economy because it doesn't do much to improve the productivity of the country's economy. Much of that productivity increase is done for the North American market or the European market, so for understandable reasons. It seems like business intelligence should be something that can be adapted for any country because for any country that has business sectors with data and stuff, they could use something like business intelligence uh, tools. What needs to happen in order for that data-driven culture adoption to happen in Armenia for companies in Armenia to start using your product and things like that? So as we are exactly that market, right. uh, I am like pretty informed yeah, I can imagine. about this, but <laughs> let, me, let me just try to put some different data points here. Right. So the first important part is that, for example, in our case, we have a lot of customers who are in e-commerce and they are automating their workflows there. Yeah. Uh, typically, let's say most of them selling on Amazon. Mm -hmm. So they have Amazon account, yeah. listing, product listing, product listing, and they have to update the competition prices, suppliers, their competition is again on Amazon, their suppliers are again online, right. prices are open, transparent. They can see it. Yeah. And what you have to do is just to connect these numbers, put the process, and automate. Right. That's it. So we are supplying this demand. Mm -hmm. Armenian market. You are selling in somewhere. Right. <laughs> on Nardos. Right. Your competitor is somebody else in front on front street who, who even don't have any computer. Right. So if you go there, you don't even see the price label on the product. Yeah. So there's no data-driven decisions. Right, yeah. They are like, yeah, yeah. like uh, smell-driven decisions, <laughs> or I don't right. know. But they are same level uh, personas. In I mean, yes, uh, same level of businesses. Yeah. When we are speaking about like other businesses again, uh, let's say data scraping. Uh -huh. So we are automating a lot of data scraping processes when. Uh, for example, we have to collect a lot of data, analyze it, sort it, and then make some decisions. decisions. This is the demand, and we are supplying. In Armenia, the same. Most probably, this data, again, is not available online. Right. Or if it is available, maybe somebody can look manually and 
he is not asking high salaries so comparable to automation price because automation also costs something yes it's little bit compared comparable with armenian salaries right still it's incomparable with u.s salaries like 10 times lower yeah but it's not 10 times lower than armenian salaries right this is another issue so speaking about this let's say that the demand in u.s market is way ahead of the demand of armenian market and what is demanded here probably was demanded 50 years ago right. there. Yeah. And there's no solution for this. So it's a cost-driven <laughs> thing. Like it's just la- because cost, labor is cheap. technology. Because whatever you want to automate, mm. you need this data to be digital right. at the beginning. So right. if the data is not digital at all, then what to automate? I, I'm aware of this because I'm here like a long time ago in terms of this e-commerce things in Armenia and a lot of computer shops electronic yeah. shops even didn't put any prices few years ago on their websites even they started to put prices this last years during this COVID times when they were obligated to sell online because yeah. there wasn't any other option like before few years ago you couldn't see any price on any Armenian electronic shop they had shop you can see the item, no price. <laughs> <laughs> because their competitor is waiting this price uh, to put a little, a little bit lower, lower on his side. And to yeah. and the market is very small. Right. All know each other. Yeah, that's why yeah, now they put, but again, it can be not up to date. You call, uh, maybe you go. Yeah, you need to call, you need to write on Facebook. Like on Facebook, you, you know, this is like very Armenian. On Facebook, they put something to sell, but there's no price. You yeah. have to put, put the plus to get the yes, price. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> what to Even automate? If you ask the price. You can, comment, o- the only <laughs> thing in Armenian market that you can automate is putting this pro- plus. <laughs> 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 you guys should build a tool for that. Plus or matter. Uh, you know, <laughs> We can do a tool for this if somebody will will uh, pay for it. Yeah, pay, but I'm sure that, that nobody will pay for right. it. <laughs> yeah. So what to automate? Yeah, so the the picture is bleaker than I than I imagined, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm of course I'm a little <laughs> yeah, yeah, bit uh, yeah. like speaking about different like extremes. Yeah, but 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 mostly it is true. Do you, do you have any idea what like ERP adoption is like in Armenia? Um, because if you if you want to do business intelligence, if you want to build a data driven culture, the first thing to do is have an ERP system that actually collects the data for you. Sure. For our listeners who might not know, ERPs are enterprise resource. I was selling ERP fifteen years ago. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like accounting software things sure, that sure. manages your. One business. of our products and was it was like our our the most successful product like fifteen years ago. Yeah. Smart sale, I think. Yeah. Smart. We we name it Smart Sale. Right. And it was. ERP solution for uh, distributing, importing, and production companies who have warehouses, uh, drivers, yeah. couriers, etc. Yeah, we were like the yeah. leaders in the market that years. Like, what's what do you think ERP adoption is like in Armenia? What do you think the rate is? Is it super low or? It's it's a difficult question. Compared to what? Compared to same type companies in the region, probably we are not to the worst situation. The main problem here, I think, is that companies are very small. Right. Because what we call like medium company, or m- they are not small, they are micro. 
Right, right. And yeah, if, if you are small, if you do not have that turnover market, then you can't afford like a real enterprise. A really are Because when, when I'm saying that we were selling enterprise produ product, it was developed by us for local market. Yeah. For sure, it was cheap. We were a uh, distributor of one of the uh, biggest ERP solution for almost four or five years. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have any customer in Armenia for that product, but we were selling our own at the same time, like 50 times cheaper. Right. And some uh, industries are already automated because uh, I just remember then 15 years ago, we were selling this POS software as well, uh, the software for supermarkets, like the cashier software. Mm -hmm. So that years, none of the supermarket shops, maybe one of them had this kind of software and regular shops doesn't have anything, just a paper. Yeah. Now almost all shops, at least in year one, have some software. Yeah. It's already something for me because I, I saw when there wasn't. Yeah. And when you told them that, you know, you need to, they say, I'm already calculating. Right. Like, no problem. With piece right. of paper yeah now all of them have even in the in in other bigger big cities of Armenia also most of the shops have but yes there are a lot they don't have right but you can see the same in other small European cities as well yeah like small shops can probably don't have anything so it's just the size of business thing I mean yeah. as they grow the size of business yeah. size of business market turnover yeah. we can't blame them because they yeah, really for, don't yeah. have the revenue they to really justify, yeah. yeah also they they have somebody who do is do this manually right yeah, <laughs> yeah. and as so long as it's cheaper for that person to yeah. do it then yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's also from a again from a productivity standpoint like countries like Canada for instance will give up to like $100,000 in grants to companies to implement an ERP system. Like they'll pay for the person to that you will have to hire to implement it. They'll pay for the licenses, everything. So it's really like a, it's also like an investment for, from the government into the country's economy. So as Armenia's economy grows, I, I hope we'll see some more uh, efforts yeah. on that. Sure, sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, big companies like in Armenia, for Armenia standards, big companies already have some kind of ERP solutions, local yeah. or, or Russian made. Uh, I know only few companies in Armenia, maybe three or four, that are using non-Armenian or non-Russian ERP-like SAP products. or something? Yeah, yeah. M maybe five or ten. Not That's more. understandable. I mean, like SAP is yeah. like, like $100,000 a year yeah. or something. So, yeah. I mean, you have yeah. to be really... Yeah, but, but it also helps and... Uh, they start to, to realize also salaries are increasing and yeah. it becomes more understandable and meaningful and reasonable to have some automation, yeah. some control, uh, get rid of these papers. And, yeah, it's uh, also a cultural thing. Like Speaking of business culture, uh, sometimes you write on this topic about uh, business practices in Armenia that you like to see change and stuff. Recently, you wrote one about uh, resumes and how people can improve their CVs and how they shouldn't send, I think it was Word doc <laughs> as <laughs> file formats and uh, stuff. So you've had um, more than a 20-year business career now in Armenia. What do, you, what do you make of the situation now? Has it changed a lot over the 20 years? And what are some positive trends you see and what do we still need to yeah, work Yeah, on? sure. But there are, like comparing during these 20 years, a lot of things changed and improved. What well, are some things from those early days that we can't even imagine now? Like, so skill as a fax. Skill as a fax. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Faxing as a skill. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. skill it, was, it was a real skill. <laughs> right. Like fax. But now you can still see a skill Excel. 
Right. That's too basic of a thing. Yeah, but but written wrongly. <laughs> like egg zell. Right. G. Yeah. Um, yeah, things like that. Using like uh, very, very interesting email addresses or uh, like mother can send CV of his son. Oh, yeah. Yeah, then she will follow up with the interview asking, so how was he? <laughs> things like that. <laughs> yeah. It's still happening. But it, it, it's not that bad. Today. Yeah, that bad today. But, but again, sometimes it happens. And I, I, I think that I have to write something about this again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People can follow your uh, your blog posts and things on, on your LinkedIn page if they're interested. <laughs> Um, so Stepan, last year you guys announced your uh, pre-seed round, mm-hmm. I believe it was for three hundred thousand, I think. Did yeah, I it was yeah, a little bit more, yeah, something okay. like yeah. this. Uh, and uh, are you guys in the process of raising a seed round now? Or? Yes, we started to raise again. Uh, we basically are a bootstrap company, so we are selling from the first year. Right now, as well, we are like uh, we are not uh, growing by all means, not that kind of startup. But yes, we started to raise now and uh, projecting to close our uh, round by the end of this year. What's uh, what's raising in this market like? Because we, we keep hearing about how the capital markets are really tough now, compared uh, to especially compared to last year. The multipliers decreased for sure. Yeah. Valuations uh, are low. Uh, VCs are more selective, but still you're able to get the, the yeah, yeah yeah it it is it is a little bit difficult you will get a little bit less valuation yeah it will take a little bit longer but it is still working still companies raise yeah it's it's very difficult to raise if you do not have any revenue if you do not have any track record yeah. if you do not have anything just on idea stage that before it was maybe easier but in general like f- for me it is better now probably it can sound a little bit normal but uh, for for me it is better now because it it is more grounded right yeah like uh, your company has 100,000 users that's serious traction that's serious uh um, I think so uh, achievement <laughs> yeah <laughs> whereas last year or um in late 2020 someone with a napkin with an idea on it might have gotten a couple million dollars yeah um how big is your team now we have about 40 people 40 yeah oh. in year one Mostly uh, data scientists, engineers. Uh, mostly engineers, UX designers, support. Yeah, marketing. Yeah, but but mostly yes, for sure engineers. Do you guys have any hirings right now that people should know? Yes, about we always have hirings. Our vacations are open. It's it's it's, it's another another problem yeah. in Armenian market. But again, it's not only Armenian. It's yeah, everywhere. Talent is Finding talent right. everywhere is a problem. Yeah. When when sometimes I hear other startups are saying that oh, it's very difficult to find a, a real space. But where is where is where are you looking? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, at the same time, I mean, it's it's difficult to find a good barman, a good I don't know driver, anything, a good anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And everywhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm curious, like with your long uh, career in business in Armenia, where do you look for talent in Armenia? How do you how do you go about hiring? What's your approach to that? Maybe the most effective one is LinkedIn. Yeah. I, in our uh, industry, s- industry as, uh, at least. In other industries, can be f- Facebook posts for for other yeah. business. Can be like I don't know, 
different. But in our case, for sure, the most effective one is LinkedIn. For the Armenian market specifically, like, is there a type of company that you want to see that they've worked at, or is there is there something special about hiring in Armenia that you you look at that might be different? Uh, we we basically hire people who want to work. Right. There are some uh, p- uh, some companies when we see that somebody worked there, we will not hire ever. So the companies when we know at least we know that you are not working too hard, uh, okay, so you it. use <laughs> not to work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, Stepan. And our last question: uh, Where do you hope to see Hexact in the next five to ten years? Five ten years. So What's probably after five, maybe five, a little bit more, go to IPO, probably. Mm-hmm. This is our... That's what you're working towards? Yeah. I don't know. Automating more cases. Yeah. Uh, Making business Understanding this uh, industry deeper. Because every day we see that there are a lot of new things that yesterday we didn't even see. Right. Uh, like in front of us. Right. And this is very, very exciting. I like what we do and I think we will continue it for a long time. Awesome. Stepanjan, I wish you luck with that and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. You are welcome.